0: Log Talk Radio.
1: It's time for the Get Ready Show!
2: Best in pro wrestling talk, and that's the bottom line. The Stone
0: This right here is the future of wrestling,
2: and it begins.
1: Gentlemen, you have tuned in to the Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk. Thank you all for tuning in this evening, this Monday night, as we talk about the world of professional wrestling. Uh, Monday Night Raw, we'll get you set for that tonight. We like to talk about everything in the world of professional wrestling, 347-838-9815. That is the number to call. I know a ton of independent promotions We're running this past weekend, so I mean, we ran, IWF ran, uh, Magic had a show, uh, BBWF came back, they had a show, a ton of, so like I said, we're going to get set for Monday Night Raw, we got a lot to talk about as far as the WWE and what's going on there, but you feel like calling in, you were at a good independent show this past weekend, you want to discuss a little independent wrestling, who am I to argue with that, so give us a call whether you want to talk majors, you want to talk independents. Anything goes tonight in the world of pro wrestling Give us a call again 347 That is the number to call You can check us out over there on Facebook Facebook.com slash Show. Check us out over there uh, One of the things we're going to get into tonight Is the Cruiserweight 32 The WWE is running We got uh, a link there With a list of the gentlemen that will be involved In the Cruiserweight 32 Check out that list, we'll be discussing that tonight As well as later on during Monday Night Raw, we will have a thread going throughout the night on Monday Night Raw. Uh, we do that each and every Monday night. So head on over to Facebook, like the page, get involved with the conversation. Social media-wise, we keep going because we're on the Twitter. You want to follow us on Twitter, our handle is at the Show. Follow us over there. We have our website, TheKenReedyShow.com, blogs, pictures, all sorts of neat stuff over there on the website. Be sure to check that out. And one of the other ways you can listen to us is through 1640 PWPR. Get that 1640 PWPR. Head on over to iTunes. It's free, baby. That's right. It is free. So get on over there. Just put in the search, 1640 PWPR. Our station shows up. We got a whole mess of different shows. So if you're a wrestling fan, you know, you get wrestling from from a bunch of different points of view. We have uh, some independent talent. Uh, That have shows on our network uh, Hosts like myself A lot of different walks of life Some guys, you know, concentrate on the majors Some guys concentrate on the independents Lots of different stuff We got got some boxing and MMA Sprinkled in there as well So lots of great shows over there On 1640 PWPR So be, be sure to go over there Check that out, You listen to our show And if you have a podcast and you think you got what it takes To be part of the 1640 family You know, email us Uh a sound bite, a sample of your show, email us a link where you can just go and listen to your show. Uh, we'll give it a listen. We'll head, we'll send it up to the boss man, King Firehawk, see what he thinks. And uh, maybe you got the stuff, you can be part of the 1640 family. So check that out on iTunes. Again, 1640 PWPR. Lots of stuff to get into tonight. So without further ado, let me bring up my tag team partner who's on the line. Dave, how you doing this evening? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Doing all right, and um, you know, it, it's. I'll tell you, man. You know, when it comes to, I mean, we we're passionate wrestling fans here, and and as, uh, you know, and I'm sure people listening right now, you can identify with this. I mean, sometimes you you argue, you debate, you 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 get really into, you know, your point of view, your opinion in pro wrestling, and uh, you know, when you're when you're arguing your side of things, it just seems so important and and we do this show and we have fun with this show and we try to keep it as positive as possible but uh you know unfortunately the real world uh hits you hard sometimes and and you realize you know this is an escape this here is an escape and once we get past this uh the beginning of the show we hope we can have some laughs tonight forget about where the world is right now and just have a nice diversion of, of the tragedy going on uh outside but um You know, just horrific events uh, that transpired over the weekend in Orlando. Um, Just, you know, very sobering, just uh, eye-opening to to just realize what kind of uh, sick hatred is is out there in in the world. And, um, you know, this one uh, hit a little bit closer to home. Uh, Friend of the show, as well as just friend, uh, who called this great guy. Uh, lives in Orlando. He is fine, Uh, but he knows some people um, uh, that were at the nightclub. Uh, He's been volunteering since the tragedy happened, and, you know, good for him. Our thoughts are obviously specifically going out to Dank, Um, but, you know, all of us here at the show sending positive vibes out to everyone affected in Orlando. Um, You know, it's just crazy, And, and, you know, and when things like this happen, you know, again, we get real passionate here about wrestling, and, and, you know, sometimes I guess maybe we forget the important things. So, uh, you know, hug your kids a little tighter, you know, tell loved ones that you love them, uh, you know, hug your dog, whatever. Just just appreciate life a little bit more tonight because uh, it's a crazy world out there. And, um, you know, Dave, I, I, you know, when, when things like this happen and we, we have this silly little wrestling show, um, I, I got to say, I'm getting tired, uh, sick and tired of having to do intros like this on this show, where we'd be remiss if we didn't mention it. Um, but I hate having to do this. It's just it's it's awful when when things like this happen. And again, sending thoughts and positive vibes out to everyone affected in Orlando. It's just horrible stuff, Dave.
2: So the the whole tragedy is disgusting. the 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 act that was you know performed by this individual um, was disgusting, and uh, you know, uh, unfortunately. In this world, in our society, hate does not discriminate any creed, color, race, sexual preference, whatever the case is. Hate does not discriminate, and it doesn't discriminate geographically either, because it can happen anywhere, unfortunately. Um, but the, the the best line, and not to try and bring it full circle, but ironically, I think this is the best the the, the best phrase or line that I've seen. A quote that I've seen since this tragedy has taken place, and it came from The Rock. On his, on, I saw it on his Instagram. It said, "They cannot break what they did not build." Orlando, pray for Orlando, or hashtag Orlando Strong. And and that's true. I mean, look at what the community has has done to come together, to, to try and put the pieces back together in this situation, and the the entire world too. So you know, never wins. That's that's how I look at it Hate will never win And hopefully people who have been affected by this They happen to be wrestling fans They happen to listen to this show Hopefully for the next 90 minutes Ken and I can get your mind off of this Disgusting, awful tragedy And do what we do best And what anybody else would want us to do And that's entertain and move forward
1: Well said And yeah, definitely Um You know, well said by The Rock And, uh, you know, it's one of those things, man I'm tired of doing shows like this There's no easy way to start off a show um, And transition from talking about something like that uh, To to the ridiculous world of pro wrestling But as Dave said, we're going to do that now Uh, Let's put all of that aside If only for 90 minutes And let's try to have some fun Let's have some laughs Let's, uh, for 90 minutes, think that the world of wrestling is the most important thing out there, and uh, let's, let's have some fun with it. So as we attempt to transition into uh, pro wrestling and, and talking about the WWE, and, and it, it's interesting times for the WWE because, um, it, and we touched upon this last week, and it's an interesting place to be right now, um, you know, as far as the WWE, as you look at things and there's changes abounding, there's, there's things going on. Um, it's not business as usual in the WWE. Uh, as I ta- touched on at the top of the show, we got the Cruiserweight 32. We got the brand extension. Um, there are changes. Guys coming back. Seth Rollins returns. John Cena has returned. Um, new faces. Uh, it- it's definitely where you look at the WWE, and it's in a state of flux. Um, but when we talk about things like the the, the brand extension, um, you know, Dave. It's, it's we touched upon it last week, and I think it's it's worth noting again because last week's show we really were very optimistic, and I still think you can't take a pulse, you know, per week. You have to look at things in chunks and, and see how things evolve. However, as we touched upon it last week, we said there's there's definitely cause for optimism. There looks like there's changes. Um, you know, the the if you if you analyze how the WWE has been run. How programming has gone over over the years. That at least in my mind, I'm thinking the WWE the landscape that we're that we'll see a year from now is going to be much different than what we've been used to the past couple of years. Uh, I, I just think that's we're in this transitional phase, um, which you know we've been critical of the current product, and so when we we hear change, we see new faces coming in. Um, we're, we get excited about new storylines, um, you know. There's cause for optimism. However, was not crazy about last week's Monday Night Raw. So we come out of the show with all this positivity, and then it's like, yeah, Raw wasn't that good. And so again, I don't think it's fair to the WWE to just say, oh, you know, the same old shit. You know that, that, you know, they hopefully will right the ship and move in the right direction. But when you do a show like ours and you say, Hey, it's time to be optimistic. And then you get a raw like that. It's like, all right, let me pump the brakes a little bit. You know, let me temper my optimism and, and let me see how this unfolds. Uh, one of the things we touched upon briefly last week is the brand extension and how, yeah, it's great that they're going, co- going back to that, but they got to do it right. Um, you know, mistakes have been made in the past with the brand extension. So do they do that right? And, and again, it's, it's, this is fun stuff for us doing a show because now it's not, we could just speculate on on what they're going to do, um, you know, how they're going to do it. So we got the brand extension. We also got this Cruiserweight 32, which, um, you know, it's interesting how the WWE uh, on a lot of levels with NXT and now this Cruiserweight uh, 32 is like they're, they're creating their own independent brand in some ways. They're They're embracing the independent scene, which is good for... Fans to be able to see different styles and and different stuff. I don't know how good it is for the independents uh, when you start to get to see that style on WWE programming as well. It almost starts to look at, you know, that the WWE is putting together a bit of a monopoly. They're kind of going to give you every aspect of wrestling. They're going to give you the typical WWE stuff. They're going to give you some high flying stuff. They're going to give you indie style stuff. So it's a great business move. Um, Some of the names you see on this. uh, 32, uh, Tajiri's on there um, A guy, you know, for years I have talked about how good I think this guy is And to see him uh, Hopefully get some new eyeballs on him And, and more attention Tony Nice is phenomenal I think that dude is incredible He's one of the 32 So, Brian Kendrick in there So Dave, I mean, this this is very interesting It's very intriguing It's something different um, But again, I think we, we, we Gotta continue to pump the brakes And make sure that it, it's done correctly, but I find this, this Cruiserweight 32, very intriguing. To, to
2: sum up between the brand extension coming up and the Cruiserweight Classic, really only one word comes to mind is opportunity. I think like we said on last week's show, if they're going to do this, they need to do it right. When I'm, I'm talking in terms of the brand extension. There may be some things that we don't like, but there may be some things that we like that we didn't expect we're going to like coming out of this brand extension. And we can play armchair booker all we want, and I'm sure we're going to be doing that over the course of this, this tonight's show regarding the both of these um, you know, uh, endeavors that WWE's uh, embarking upon with the brand extension and the Cruiserweight Classic. But it's a big opportunity for all the talent involved because now – you know, Raw and SmackDown being separate brands, being, having distinct rosters, gives opportunities for more guys, especially on the mid card, to shine. And that, I think, has been something that's been lost in the past several years since the brand extension just kind of quietly faded um, when they merged both brands together. And I think that there had been, um, and in some ways, they had too much talent that they didn't know what to do with. And then they didn't do anything with them. And then they would either end up being released or being repackaged into something that they were, you know, completely different. So this opportunity for the mid card on the brand extension, I think it's really big for them. And I think we're going to see, we're going to be surprised by some of the talent that get opportunity um, to really shine, like maybe even a Zack Ryder or, You know, like Tyler Breeze and Fandango have been teaming up as a team. I have a feeling we're going to see more of them as a tag team, and they're going to get an opportunity to shine. As far as this Cruiserweight Classic goes, um, you make a great point. Bringing that style of wrestling, you know, WWE is creating its own independent brand with NXT and incorporating the Cruiserweight Classic kind of in conjunction with that. Even though it's a separate entity, I have a feeling that, this Cruiserweight Classic is going to have some involvement in NXT. Some of the talent that are involved in it currently have been making regular appearances on NXT, like the team of uh, Tommaso Ciampa and uh, Johnny Gargano um, from Evolve. Um, yes, it can in some way come across that WWE is bringing you know, different walks of wrestling into their, under the umbrella of the WWE brand. But at the same time, I think it's a positive for the independent scene too because now it gives more of a guys an opportunity on the independent scene to actually make it to WWE because smaller guys and guys with that independent wrestling style um, three, four, five years ago didn't have a, a snowball's chance in hell at getting a tryout in WWE, let alone now having an opportunity on camera to appear for the company and wrestle for them. Not saying that some of these smaller guys are going to set the world on fire and main event WrestleMania someday. It's possible, but it's the, 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 the likelihood of that taking place isn't very likely. Um, but it gives the WWE and independent organizations the opportunity to work together. I mean, WWE has started to build a working relationship with Evolve. Um, they've, want, they've gone to different independent organizations around the world even overseas in Europe and the UK and and Japan, and, and have gotten them involved in this Cruiserweight Classic. So I think it opens the door for talents of an independent wrestling organization to eventually get an opportunity to work in WWE under that style with the Cruiserweight Classic. Now, what comes out of this whole situation, I really don't know. I don't know if it means that This guy's going to be The winner of this tournament is going to be labeled the greatest cruiserweight. Is it going to eventually lead to a return of the cruiserweight championship? One of our callers made mention of that last week. I think that's a strong possibility. Um, I wouldn't necessarily agree with bringing back the cruiserweight title because I think one more championship added to the mix is overload, in my opinion. And I think it would fit better in uh, in NXT. So for me personally, uh, this cruiserweight classic and the brand extension it creates a lot of opportunity for a lot of guys. And I think it's a very exciting time currently in WWE. But last week's Raw was not very exciting. And we're in a holding pattern until we get to the brand extension. And sometimes WWE shoots themselves in the foot by giving the fans something, uh, you know, anticipating something so big. But in the meantime, they kind of have to put up with the same old shit, as you would say. And, And to me, I just don't think that's necessarily a good thing for the product.
1: And I, and I want to get back into, like, speculating, you know, where they're going to go. And screw it, man. Like, that, that's what we do. Like, a lot of people criticize uh, fantasy booking or armchair quarterback. No, that's what we do, man. That's what all wrestling fans do. So screw it. If, if stuff's coming down, why not sit here and uh, kind of say, well, if I was in charge, this is what I would do. That, that's part of the fun. But, you know, one of the things that I wanted to discuss about last week on Monday Night Raw um, and Taz brought this up in a, a, on his podcast and I was so happy he did because I was thinking the same thing. And I really want to get your take on this, Dave, as well. And, the, you know, last week, one of the things that I was really critical about, um, on Monday Night Raw, aside from like, honestly, I'll be, honest, I was bored. I was bored most of it. So, um, you know, that guy, I never, I am a TV junkie. I never fall asleep during programs. I always, when I'm sitting there watching with uh, the all-star Michelle D and we're watching anything, any, she falls asleep all the time. I'm always like, how did you fall asleep? I never fall asleep during programs, during movies. I don't. I fell asleep during last week's Monday Night Raw. Um, so I, I didn't think it was, it, it was kind of, you know, the SOS, same old shit. Um, but one thing that really bugged me, and I was glad Taz brought it up, was when John Cena, Basically said to, to AJ Styles, you couldn't get past Roman Reigns and now you think you can take a shot at me. And that struck me as, you know, the guy who's, look, we all get it. We all get it regardless of who's got that title. John Cena is the face of the company. I get that. I, I don't think you got to be an idiot to, to not to know that. I mean, that's, it is. It's still his company. Um. But storyline-wise, the champ's the man. The champ is always the man. Why is the champ? You know, we get it. It's scripted. It's storyline. But, you know, psychology-wise, storytelling-wise, the champ is the man. And I, I was surprised because we're, we're not haters here on the show. We've said it time and time again. We don't hate on Cena. And whether he chose to say that, whether it was scripted that way, I, that just bothered me because I felt like it diminished – uh, the championship, and it diminished the champion, which, you know, Roman Reigns does not need. Um, and that kind of bothered me. I just didn't think it, it worked well. I didn't think it, it was smart. Um, it 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 just bugged me all the way around. I'm curious your thoughts on that, Dave, because I just uh, – that stuck in my craw. When I listened to Taz and he mentioned it, I was like, all right, then I'm, I'm not just the only one. Uh, I, I just didn't think it, it worked as far as, you know – the way John Cena made Reigns out to be inferior to him.
2: Well, you know what, it's funny that you mentioned that because I don't listen to too many wrestling podcasts, but Taz is one of them that I listen to because he seems to bring a solid fair analysis of the product when he when he goes over in his show and he's almost in a way he he comes across more as a wrestling fan than a former pro wrestler when he talks about the product, but he's very articulate and and he hits the nail on the head and he's been hitting the nail on the head in terms of WWE's way of positioning and booking Roman Reigns. It's been poor, okay? Ever since he got the belt back in December and the way that they booked him from the Royal Rumble all the way through WrestleMania and even till now has been poorly. They've done that man no favors and they are the ma- WWE creative and management is the majority of the reason why the people hate Roman Reigns. It's not the man's ability in the ring whatsoever, and I I don't even think it's his character to a degree. I think it's the the fact that uh, the 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 way his character is positioned and how it's portrayed at times. Kaz made a great point. I heard that I heard that too, and the first thing I said was. Well, geez, that's that's what they think of their champion. If you're going to let the top guy bury the champion, I thought you're supposed to endorse the champion. If he's supposed to be your heir apparent to the throne, you would think Cena would be putting him over verbally in a segment like that. Number one, this isn't the first time they've done this. They've made him look weak. The the The, the last time they made Reigns look weak was the night after Extreme Rules. He just went through a hard-fought battle with AJ Styles and – Seth Rollins returned and beat the crap out of him To end the show and take the belt And what does Roman Reigns do the following night on Raw He walks out calmly To confront Seth Rollins From a realistic standpoint I would think that Roman Reigns' character Would be so upset that he got Jumped from behind and attacked By a returning Seth Rollins And he'd want to tear him apart But no, instead his character walked calmly to the ring To accept Rollins To to basically facilitate the announcement Of the title match for this Sunday's pay-per-view They've done it One more example On the road to WrestleMania When Reigns was in Philadelphia They were on Raw Triple H did not come out in front of that live audience He had a a skip backstage, which is in turn involved Roman Reigns. In the end, they put Reigns out in front of that audience, and they they know how hostile that audience is. And they crapped all over him in the in, in the same time they were trying to make him the number one babyface heading into that match and headlining that WrestleMania. They protected Hunter, but they they, they 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 let Reigns get slaughtered in front of that hostile Philadelphia crowd. They've done that man no favors whatsoever, and any of the hate that he gets. I blame WWE management and creative for the way that they portrayed and booked his character. Plain and simple. Last week, the Cena reference, Cena referencing that, was a perfect
1: example. Taz hits it, hits a nail on the head with that. Completely. Yeah, it just you know it's kind of weird. and You're right. You know, you, you really, you know, you hit the nail on the head. Where you know, just putting it out there, they really just have not done Reigns any favors, and. You know, say what you will, whatever I mean, everyone, you know, it's trendy Now to hate Roman Reigns You know, you gotta hate Reigns um, You know, everyone was loving Reigns When he was the up-and-coming guy, but now that It's evident that he's a company guy We all have to boo him um, But but all that being said um, Not being done Many favors as far as his, his bookings Is gone, um, I think he continues to Improve um, And he does a nice job despite The booking um, but when, you, when that's your champion, I don't know. Like to me, and I, you know, I'm paraphrasing Taz, but you know, he's the man. He is the man. Um, regardless, honestly, it's regardless of who it is. If 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 Vince McMahon called this show right now and, and said, you know what, Ken, we're gonna do something out of left field. We're gonna grab like a la Rocky. You know, <laughs> we're gonna get we're gonna get a nobody. We're gonna put the WWE title on him. You know, at that moment for that, I'm the man. It's just when that is the most prestigious prize in your company and not just your company. I mean, you state the most prestigious prize in pro wrestling. It doesn't matter like what you might think, you know, outside of the storytelling, outside of the the plot development, outside the psychology. That's fine. We could all sit here and debate and say that, well, John Cena is really the man or, you know, AJ Styles is so much better. That's fine. But within the context of the storytelling, Roman Reigns is the he's man. The best. He's the champion. Good.
2: Yeah, no, he's. I'm agreeing with you. He's the best. Like in, in the context of the story, he's the best. The, the 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 best wears the championship. He's the man. You know, nobody can beat him. That's and and they don't they don't portray him like that. And they put him in silly situations that his character, in my opinion, wouldn't be put in. I mean, sometimes he doesn't even look uncomfortable in his own skin when he's out there, you know, verbally. And, and to me, it's just, and you know, you would think Cena, of all people, who's been in that man's shoes, who's been in Roman Reigns' shoes, who's been the target of the hate from the audience, who basically started this trend of, you know, the fans hating the top guy, you know, you would think that he would know better and, and put Roman Reigns over as being the man. I just i i i didn't i didn't get that one, and it does it does rain no service whatsoever with his character moving forward. It really doesn't.
1: Yeah, it really didn't work, and, and uh, you know, Taz just made an excellent point with that, and uh, it struck me. So, so as we said, you know, we look at like the WWE, and I, and I do think it's a time as a wrestling fan to be a little bit excited, but then you watch uh, a Monday Night Raw, like, last week, and, like I said, you kind of pump the brakes, and you're like, hey, you know, are there really going to be uh, sweeping changes? What are we going to see, uh, you know, over the next few months? Or is it just going to be business as usual, and they're hyping up? You know, much like when we said – I mean, now we've seen the change, but much like we're debating this this diva revolution, and then it was like, eh. You know, is it going to be something that – uh you know, is really going to take hold? Are we going to see wholesale changes? Uh, like I said, I mean, I still think that the WWE we're going to see a year from now is going to be much different than the WWE we're watching right now. Could I be 100% wrong? Absolutely. So it remains to be seen exactly where they're going to go. And we got so much to get into with the, the sweeping changes going on within the WWE, We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the Cruiserweight Thirty Two. We got more to get into with the brand extension, and as you know, Triple H and the WWE continue to embrace the independent scene. We saw last week meeting with with Bruce Tharp of NWA. Do we see the NWA uh, gain some more prominence? Like we would, I mean, I think as an old school wrestling fan, I would love to see the NWA uh, gain prominence again. We got all that stuff to get into. After the break, you, got, you want to talk about any of that stuff, you give us a call right now, 347-838-9815. But right now, it is time for the Day 5 50 News Report.
2: Good evening, and welcome to another edition of the Day 5 50 News Report. Only heard at the top of the hour every single Monday night, right here at the Ken Reidy Show. The best in pro wrestling talk. This report is also brought to you in part by 1640 PWPR, Pro Wrestling Podcast Radio Network. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe for free right now to listen to quite the selection of pro wrestling, MMA, boxing, pop culture podcasts that only 1640 is famous for. We are not just a wrestling channel. We offer so much more. Okay, cheap plugs are now out of the way, so let's get into some news this week, shall we? Our top story coming out of Orlando and in a more positive manner, TNA's senior producer of creative and talent development and Smashing Pumpkins frontman, Billy Corgan, is rumored to be purchasing a minority share of TNA. According to PW Insider, several people in and out of the company have stated that the deal is virtually done. There's no specifics as to how much of the company that Corgan purchased, but it appears that Dixie Carter is still the majority owner of TNA. AeroLux Media currently owns the name TNA, and it would seem to indicate that the company is in the process of investing in TNA, but those reports are sketchy at best at this time. It should also be known that as of this week, TNA management has been aggressively trying to sign the Hardys, Lashley, and Drew Galloway to exclusive contracts in order to control the talent outside bookings. As of this writing, that has not been confirmed yet but steps of this measure should also indicate that TNA has enough capital from their potential investors in order to make a move of this nature. In our second story, with the recent announcement of Brock Lesnar returning to UFC 200 next month, WWE is looking for a favor in return from the Ultimate Fighting Championship. MMA star Paige Van Zandt is on the company's radar to appear at SummerSlam this year in a segment involving some of the women's wrestlers on the roster. However, the big favor that WWE is hoping UFC will return is the services of one Ronda Rousey. Company officials are hoping that by allowing Brock Lesnar to return to mixed martial arts that they could use UFC's top female draw to possibly compete in a match at next year's WrestleMania. WWE was trying to get Rousey involved in this past year's WrestleMania in a match with Stephanie McMahon, but Rousey was off filming a movie and UFC President Dana White publicly stated he would not clear her to be involved in a match. As of right now, this is all pure speculation. Former TNA World Heavyweight Champion Bobby Roode made his WWE NXT in-ring debut at the Download Festival in the United Kingdom over the weekend. Roode made a quick appearance on camera at the last two TakeOver specials on the WWE Network. With rumors of NXT getting rated for the upcoming main roster draft, Rude's signing looks to help add more depth to the popular NXT brand. Triple H confirmed in a conference call last week that he was working out a contract with Rude and expressed his interest in working with him along with another TNA alum, former World Heavyweight Champion Eric Young. Expect several more signings to NXT in the coming months after the brand extension gets fully underway. In our fourth story, TNA is set to announce the next inductee into their Hall of Fame on tomorrow night's edition of Impact Wrestling. Rumors surfaced a few months ago that TNA was considering inducting AJ Styles, even though he was already under contract to WWE. With that being said, TNA has looked at another alternative, and according to PW Insider, that alternative would be play-by-play announcer Mike Tenay. Tanay called the inaugural TNA broadcast and had been the company's lead announcer for 12 years – ending his run with the organization in the broadcast booth at the end of 2014. TNA then hosted some of TNA syndicated programming, as well as other programs for their international television distributors. As of right now, this is only speculative, as TNA could also have someone in mind. And in our feel-good story this week, since, we all, since all we see flooding the media these days are horrible tragedies in our society, CBS affiliate KDKA out of Pittsburgh reported that former WWE superstar, Nick big bully Busick has overcome his battle with esophageal cancer. As of this weekend, he is officially cancer free. Busick had a small run in the WWE in the early nineties where he was managed by Harvey Whippleman. Congrats to Mr. Busick from all of us here at the Ken Reedy show and keep on fighting the good fight. And there you have it folks. Thank you all for tuning in. See you all right here next week. Same time. Same place.
1: Ken, back to you. Good stuff. Good positive story to to end the news. And, uh, you know, I touched upon it like before we went to break. And, uh, you know, let's hit upon it now. I mean, you know, again, as we look at like the changes that might be coming down the the pike with the WWE, um, a Triple H meeting with Bruce Tharp of the NWA. um, You know, interesting stuff like my uh, independent promotion on fire. Um, we, we, when we went, well, I can't talk all of a sudden. I can't talk. I just can't get the words out of my mouth. When, when we stopped running shows, we were wrestling on fire. But originally when, when I joined up with them and was doing commentary, we were NWA on fire. Uh, NWA kind of began to pull out of the Northeast. Um, you know, now it looks like, uh, they're getting back into the Northeast. Uh, NWA, big apple. Uh, is coming soon a friend of the show uh, Andrew Anderson is the promoter for uh, NWA Big Apple and then you see Bruce Tharp meeting with Triple H so um, it's very interesting to just see how the landscape of of pro wrestling is changing Um, and there's so many things to get into but as, as an old school fan um, and, and I don't know what archives they may or may not have. I do know the Savoldi family, uh, the promotion that I work for, uh, has a, a ton of stuff in the archives that the WWE does not own as of yet. Um, you know, do we see some in, some more NWA being added to the network? I don't know. Like what they may or may not own. The NWA um, was to gain a bit more prominence. Uh, with the help of the WWE and partnership of the WWE. Um, but I found it very intriguing as, you know, the past few years, especially with them pulling out of the Northeast, that you, you almost, as a fan, you just had like that feeling that the NWA was kind of on its last leg. And I'm not saying that, Oh, here it comes again. But when you see Bruce Tharp meet, meeting with Triple H, you see the NWA coming into New York and, um, you know, it'd be pretty cool if the NWA, you know, had some sort of partnership with the WWE and gained some prominence because, you know, Dave, you're an old school fan. Like the NWA was where it was at years ago.
2: The NWA was, you know, the, the, the wrestling fans, wrestling promotion. WWE was, you know, entertainment, but the National Wrestling Alliance is where you, where it was, you know, the, the, the core of the product was based on the in-ring, you know, wrestling. So, um, from what I'm hearing, um, that meeting between Tharp and Triple H was more based on acquiring possibly some video content, some of their library that WWE does not have. Um, but at the same time, it could also mean that there was there's talk about you know a working partnership and a relationship. WWE has been more open to working with smaller independent organizations and triple h is an old school fan he acknowledges the history the national wrestling alliance even though you know the the current national wrestling alliance today doesn't have a whole lot of meaning to um a large majority if if any wrestling fans it's still a name that represents history and triple h is a big history buff in in the industry so i would think that he would try to I wouldn't say bring prominence back to the brand known as the National Wrestling Alliance, but maybe incorporate it somehow with the WWE network. I don't know. Um, Or incorporate it with NXT. Maybe some of the the, the NXT talent would would, would work some of these NWA shows. Maybe some kind of partnership. I'm not sure. Maybe it would be a feeder, kind of developmental for NXT. Some of the talent from the NWA would then have an opportunity to appear on NXT, similar to the relationship that, they're developing with um, Gabe Sapolsky and Evolve, so um, who knows what it could be. But like I said, from what I heard, it's primarily about um, video, some video libraries that, that WWE does not have. So, um, but it could lead to more. Who knows? But it's um, it, it's a definitely a different landscape. This isn't a conversation we would be we would have been having, um, you know, four years ago when we started the show talking about WWE working with. Um, lot of other smaller promotions um to really branch out that big umbrella that's known as the wwe brand itself so it, it's quite the interesting time overall for the company and where they're headed like i said with with the cruiserweight classic the brand extension um and now you know you, you just mentioned you know bruce Tharp and the nwa i mean it could lead to, to many different things but that's why we do this show to speculate to discuss so
1: it's uh needless
2: to say interesting
1: yeah, I mean, it's, it's almost like when you look at what the WWE is doing, like when, when someone, you know, and, and I'm in no way, shape, or form, any sort of financial wizard, but when someone uh, is investing and they say, you know, diversify your portfolio, invest in different things, uh, you know, have, have different, you know, areas that you're, you're putting your monies in, you know, and, and it's almost like in, in a way that the WWE uh, at this point is looking to diversify their portfolio, Um, You know, the most we've probably talked about the NWA on the show is when I was doing commentary for NWA on fire. Uh, To to say that the NWA has not been relevant for quite some time is an understatement. And whether it winds up being um, just getting more video or it evolves into something else uh, down the road, uh, it's still, again, that whole thing calls for optimism. Uh, when you think about, hey, you know, if the NWA is raised to any sort of prominence, um, as an old old school fan, that's a good thing. And, and, you know, maybe that's part of, like, you know, you have a lot of older fans that maybe stepped away from the product. Maybe they, they start to look at, you know, embracing the NWA and promoting the NWA. Who knows? Again, this is all speculation, but... It's just intriguing when you start to look at the the writings on the wall and you see that, like, you know, talent that's being brought in is is different. Uh, They're embracing, you know, bringing guys like Samoa Joe, uh, AJ Styles, um, what they've done with the NXT brand, how they promoted that, how they basically almost created their own independent promotion Uh, as you look at their their, uh, partnership with Evolve. And, and now what they're doing with the NWA, if that amounts to anything, it's just very intriguing to see that like, you know, Triple H, you know, it's almost like he's been biting his tongue for forever. And now he's finally got some power and he's going out and, and he's, he's doing things and he's again, diversifying the WWE's portfolio. Um, and, you know, again, calls for optimism, pump the brakes. Let's see where it goes. Uh, intriguing times. And, And Dave, you touched upon it as we talk about, like, new and interesting talent. And, you know, at times in the the not-too-distant past, you kind of had that feeling that the WWE and Vince, quote-unquote, would, like, steer clear of TNA talent. And, you know, now you got TNA talent, like, coming into the WWE, uh, having prominent roles. And we get a debut from Bobby Roode. I am a huge Bobby Roode fan. I love what that guy brings to the table um definite main eventer in tna does he elevate to the main event status um in the wwe i don't know but i look at a guy like him that if not a main eventer i could see him being like a kick-ass ic us title holder holding down the mid card good on the microphone good on the ring in the ring can brawl can do the technical stuff a guy that like you know, I would, like, just slot him into that mid-card and say, I need you to hold it down in the middle of pay-per-views. Uh, Bobby Roode is a talent. The fact that he's in the WWE fold uh, is great for the WWE. And the fact that, like, again, the WWE is, is looking to, you know, make changes, bring in talent. It's no more, you know, and I said this a while back on the show that I always thought it was stupid, Um, you know, Hey, that guy was built, you know, you always, you always heard people say whether it's true or not, but the, the thought on the street was if that town was built by someone else and Vince is against it. And, and I always thought it was such a stupid way of looking at things. You know, I always looked at like, you know, if you're running a baseball team and you have a a pitcher who's, who's been an all-star pitcher for years, but he came up, you know, through the angels organization and, you know, you're the Mets and you have the money to sign them. And no, no, no. We didn't develop them, so we're not gonna we're gonna, we're not gonna get them. It's silly. You bring in the most talented people. That's what you do. And it seems like a shift in like the thought process there to bring these talented guys in there uh, with with a Samoa Joe and AJ Styles and now the Bobby Roode. Uh, I I think it shows a shift in in the WWE thought process. And I think you got to give Triple H a lot of credit. Um, Where Bobby Roode goes there, I mean, Dave, you said it. They're trying to get him uh, locked down to a contract. But, I don't know. Like, to me, Bobby Roode in the WWE fold in any way, shape, or form is definitely a positive.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, these TNA names that have now appeared on NXT, you know, James Storm made an appearance, but he didn't really sign a deal. Eric Young, I think, is in the process of, of negotiating a contract. Samoa Joe. Uh, Austin Aries, and even some of these independent guys that have made big names to themselves in Ring of Honor and, you know, that have been getting a shot at NXT. It's helping add more legitimacy to NXT. Not that it wasn't legitimate before, but because this draft is rumored to be draining the NXT roster, adding these guys to NXT like a Bobby Roode, keeping a Samoa Joe, signing Shinsuke Nakamura, who's probably one of the biggest draws in the history of Japanese wrestling, um, really helps that you know that that brand, that NXT brand, be legitimate as opposed to just being seen as like a developmental league until a guy goes up to the main roster. Um, and part of your, part of building talent is having talent to you know also back up when someone else has to move up to a different spot. The same philosophy, I hope, you know, follows on the main roster. But they've been doing really well with that with NXT. And I think that's why, like I said, part of this Cruiserweight Classic, I, I, I think a handful, if not more, of these guys that are part of this Cruiserweight Classic, you're not going to see the last of them in that. You'll see them a part of NXT and the stuff, like, like you said, positive for Bobby Roode to be in the WWE fold. Same thing with Samoa Joe. Some of these other TNA guys that have, that have left made appearances on NXT, I think, personally. Um, the work that they've done is really helping make NXT and the brand itself more legitimate. And that's a positive for everybody going around. Um, I do agree with you, um, Roode. Is the kind of guy that I could. I'm not saying that he's going to be the WWE World Heavyweight Champion, but I can see him, you know, like you said, holding down the mid card. Um, I think first he would have to have a solid, if not dominant, run in NXT in a singles role with the championship because I think part of his brand was hurt for, towards the end of his run with TNA. Um, I think that there were times when they shouldn't have taken the title off of him. Um, I think he was one of those talents that they didn't rely enough on him, and um, now they lost their opportunity. NXT WWE is going to have that opportunity, and I think it's going to be it's going to be good things for everybody involved to have someone like a Bobby Roode a part of that.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, nothing you know nothing but positive can come from uh, Bobby Roode being on television. I mean, he makes other guys look good in the ring. Uh, He can talk, and and one of the things that I've always appreciated with him, he's great as a heel or a face. Um, He can also do a little bit of comic relief if he's called upon to do it. Uh, Just a a talented guy that, you know, I think that he'd just feed them guys in the mid-card, feed them guys in that mid-card, have them, like, lock down that mid-card. But we'll see. But, you know, again, it's like, you know, and I know I keep saying it. I, I, I'm perseverating on it, but it's like you want to get really excited, but you got to kind of pump the brakes. It was just, you know. And as I talk about it now, and as we we do in the show, and I'm getting more excited about the changes that could be coming down the road. But um, you know, who knows? Like three and a half hours from now, I could be thinking, "Oh, why was I feeling so optimistic before?" You know, because you just don't know. And you know, I, I guess it is, Dave, on, on some levels. Um, you know, we got a pay-per-view coming up, uh, but it is kind of uh, let's, let's hold it down. let's, let's like holding pattern and, uh, you know, things will blow up, uh, you know, getting into, um, you know, going forward and moving into uh, the draft and then heading towards SummerSlam. You know, I guess maybe post-draft will kind of really put us on the road to SummerSlam and, uh, you know, maybe we'll get a little more of that excited and excitement, a little more of the uh, stuff we want to be positive about will be coming down the road as, as they're pushing uh, SummerSlam. But, you know, it's interesting as we go towards Money in the Bank and we look at the, the contestants, uh, the contestants, the the, the competitors uh, for Money in the Bank. Um, and, and, Dave, well, you, were,
3: you were
2: one. what was that? It is a contest in the context of the story, so you're not
1: wrong there. It just sounded like I was talking about a game show all of a sudden. It was like the price is right. Dean Ambrose, come on Family. down. <laughs> um, um, I, like, when I look at this, Like and you, you were one of the first ones that kind of hit upon this a while back as a, a potential main event at WrestleMania. Um, but as we head towards Money in the Bank and uh, Dean Ambrose involved in Money in the Bank, and there's not a lot of guys in, in that, that match that I'm like, well, I can see him being Mr. Money in the Bank. Um, Do we see a triple threat At SummerSlam A main event uh, With all former members of the Shield Going for the WWE title Some sort of uh, permutation Using the Money in the Bank briefcase Um, Do we see all these three guys In that main event Um, Again Dave You hit it first You said this is a WrestleMania main event However it seems like they're putting the pieces in play And with the WrestleMania of the summer uh, coming up in August. It just—I don't know. I—I I feel like WrestleMania is too long. Is too far away for the way the pieces are kind of being put in play right now. Um, but I will give it to you. You're one of the first ones that I heard say WrestleMania main event. Three members of the Shield. It definitely looks like they're angling for that in some way, shape, or form.
2: It's very interesting that they that they've set up this. Ambrose Asylum segment with him hosting and having his two former Shield mates on there, and they're going to be competing for the title this Sunday. And then the fact that Ambrose is involved in Sunday's Money in the Bank ladder match, um, I do expect to see Ambrose kind of instigating, being the the, the 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 straw that stirs the drink in that you know that 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 interesting cocktail that's going to take place on that segment tonight on Raw. Um, It wouldn't surprise me if he kind of stirs it up a bit and and says that when he wins money in the bank, he's going to, you know, maybe he'll tease that he cashes in during that match or after that match or whatever the case is to kind of get the wheels in motion for an eventual triple threat between the three. Um, To be honest with you, Ken, as long as, you know, they've had a few opportunities to do a shield triple threat, um, they could have done it, you know, at last year's WrestleMania. They could have done it at this past year's WrestleMania, but then Rollins got hurt, um, and it wouldn't surprise me if they decide to pull the trigger and say, "Screw it, SummerSlam needs a big show. Let's, put, you know, need, needs needs a big main event. Let's put these three in the main event for the title." Uh, wouldn't surprise me in the least bit. Um, I think the story makes much more sense um, to do it at WrestleMania, especially next year because they're going to be in Orlando and. All three guys started in WWE's developmental system in the Florida area, in the Tampa, Orlando area. So the history behind those three in that, in that city would kind of make sense and add more prestige and, and more importance and another layer to their storyline heading into next year's WrestleMania if that's the direction they would like to go in. But, like I said, it wouldn't surprise me if they decide to pull the trigger and do it earlier. Um, I, I I disagree with you in that there isn't anybody else in that match that I could see being Mr. Money in the Bank. Um, I certainly don't see Sami Zayn. I don't see Jericho. And I don't see Del Rio um, getting the opportunity to win the contract. If anything, Ambrose really doesn't need that contract. Would it help his stature and his status? Yes, it would. But he said Two good victories over Jericho two months in a row in pay-per-view, and he's always popular. He's kind of got that rebel character that the people get behind always, and even in defeat, he still comes out decent or if not better. Um, so to me, I don't necessarily think he would need a, a Money in the Bank uh, briefcase opportunity. They can find another way, an easier way to insert him or or slot him into Um, you know a triple threat with Reigns and Rollins to me Owens and Cesaro are probably the two guys out of that match that are at least in my opinion are my favorites Cesaro's over and I think management is starting to realize that that they need to do something serious with him Um, I think he's a strong possibility and Owens is is a, a a throwback to what you know bad guys in pro wrestling are all about and he does great work, and he, he, he's, he's so good, but he still manages to get the people to hate him. He's so good that he can still do that. And it's very rare in today's landscape in the, in, in the wrestling business. Fans appreciate the work, whether you're a babyface or a heel. But Owens, he may get positive reactions when he comes out, but at the same time, he can, he can get the audience to turn on him in the drop of a dime. And those two guys are my favorites to, 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 to win the Money in the Bank ladder match. I won't pick my winner, until our show on Sunday, but it would be, it's easier to get Ambrose involved in the title picture
3: because of the history
2: he has with guys like Rollins and Reigns. So, who knows? Maybe that's the match for SummerSlam. The rumor I'm hearing is that Reigns defends the title against Cena. So, I mean, that could change. Maybe this draft is going to change that. Maybe they do Cena and Reigns at WrestleMania next year, and they pull the trigger on this triple threat at SummerSlam. Who knows? But... Like we've said, it's very interesting times because of the shakeup with the roster and the returns that have been taking place and that still continue to take place. I mean, Randy Orton hasn't come back and Bray Wyatt hasn't come back yet. And those are two guys who are big players in the main event scene. So who knows where they stand?
1: Agreed, yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, and it's funny when we talk about pumping the brakes and talking about optimism. See, I look at Cesaro and I'm like, yeah, they still don't get it. They still don't get it. I just gotta um, I could see Owens winning it. Owens, I mean, my my top pick, I think, would be. We'll see what happens tonight. I think I, I would go with Dean. Uh, Owens would definitely be second. Um, I agree with you with the other guys. I don't see Zane or, or Alberto Del Rio. Um, although Alberto Del Rio would be an interesting wrinkle to his character, I just it, I, I just get that feeling that uh, they're just kind of done with Alberto, which is a shame because I think he's talented as hell. But um, and Chris Jericho you know, being a part. It's funny
2: that you say that about Del Rios because when they when they re signed him back in the fall, they, they, they're part of the agreement, I'm um, from what I'm hearing is you know, he was gonna make big money and have opportunities to be, you know, a serious part of the main event and you know, they threw him in that League of Nations garbage and it didn't really work out and I think that they're 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 starting to realize he's better off on his own and they they need to do something with him but they're not sure what. He's a to me he's a dark horse at best, in my opinion, to win this. He's won it before but with him, they need to do it now. And this may be the opportunity to 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 give him something and and, and money in the bank would definitely help his stature uh moving forward. So like my like I said, my top two picks, Owens and Cesaro, but Del Rio's my dark horse.
1: Interesting stuff. Let's see. You know, a lot of stuff to get into going forward, getting close up. let's go out to the phone. 327-838-9815 is the number to call. We got Kevin on the line. Kevin, how you doing tonight? Are you there? Caller nine zero eight.
3: Oh, that's me, Ken. I'm sorry.
1: Hey, sorry, Ken. Sorry, who do we got on the line? It's Brian. Brian. Brian, sorry, man. How you doing, Brian? <laughs> what's,
3: what's up, guys? Hey, Dave. How are you, man? Hey, what's going on, Brian? Hey, uh, Ken. Good seeing you uh, in the All Star a couple weeks ago, in the down there in Pearl River. I uh, hope you guys see you guys again.
1: Yeah, um, oh, definitely, yeah.
3: Yeah, you know, you know, you're, you know, you know. I, I talked the last time I talked to you guys about you know we keep they keep throwing something at the wall, see if it sticks. Um, definitely you see NXT working to the main roster, and I think that starts up, that ignites a little spark to the rest of the roster. And I think they need to keep going with that because it seems to uh, work for a, a period of time. But then again, the past couple weeks of Raw have been kind of dull, build up to the pay-per-views, and, and then there's downtime. But I think they need to start really pushing this NXT uh, up to the main roster because maybe... Spark a little fire underneath the, uh, the existing
1: roster on the, uh, the WWE. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's a double edged sword because once you push too many guys up to the main roster, then, then do you have the guys to replace those guys down in NXT? Um, I hear you, man. It's it's just, you know, I'm curious your thoughts on this because when you, when we're, you know, a lot of the stuff we're talking about and, and you know, there, there are changes abounding. And I think, you know, it's it's tough for me. Because as a wrestling fan, I just I, I want everything to get better. And when it, when I see like, oh, it might be moving in a positive direction, uh, sometimes I get too excited too soon. Um, I mean, when you look at some of these changes, uh, are you optimistic with the WWE? I mean, do you think, you know, six months from now, a year from now, that you're going to be sitting there watching, you know, WWE and with the brand extension, some new talent from NXT on the main roster that you're going to be watching? Uh, some kick-ass uh, wrestling programs, or, or do you just uh, are you resigned to? You just feel like the WWE is going to drop the ball anyway. Uh, you know, I'm hoping so because,
3: like it, you, know, you said before, we get fired up over you know they have two or three good rolls in a row, and the next two or three are just like, what's going on? I just hope that, you know, again we you, know, you talk about Triple H, you know, and his uh, and his um, part in this whole writing process. I think he's a big part in this because you know I, I heard on another radio show earlier today. On on B, on busted open, you know he has power, but again Vince overall has that last nail. So whatever everybody else's ideas are, Vince has that final say. So Vince still has the main power. So you know Triple H might have a couple good shows going, you know, straight in a row, and then Vince comes in and does comes out and then does his stupid jokes and you lose start losing people. So you know Vince needs to start realizing that you know it, you know although he has the final say and everything, he needs to let Triple H. uh, expand on this whole product.
1: So, yeah, I mean, if you had to say, you know, down the road a piece, like I said, six months or a year, are you, are you sitting down watching Raw pumped or, or do you think that we're going to be seeing the same old stuff? I'm going
3: to be pumped. I think there's still, they're still, they're still uh, fuel to add to the fire uh, with NXT and the existing roster and people, like you said, are injured. I'm going to still be watching the product um, because it's, it's the best that's out there right now. You know, TNA is floundering as far as I'm concerned, and, and and Ring of Honor is Ring of Honor. But you know, I'm still gonna be watching. I'm a wrestling fan like you guys are, um, and you're gonna have our good weeks and bad weeks. You're gonna have good pay per views and bad pay per views. But I think the overall talent, um, you know, there's still a lot of talent that's still yet to be unleashed in the WWE and the NXT. So I'm still gonna be watching. it. I'm still gonna be pumped.
1: Very cool. And before I let you go, I, I actually do want to get your take. What are your thoughts on the, on the Cruiserweight Thirty <sighs> Two? You know what? As a
3: wrestling fan, true wrestling fan, and, and, and knowing the individuals that are in it, I'm excited for the millennials that you have now that are watching it. They don't know some of this talent, this really good talent that's in there, at Cruiserweight. Um, I'm excited because there's people that I haven't seen in a while and people that I've watched on, on, on YouTube and all on, you know, on the Internet. I'm excited to see it because uh, I think it could add something to it. But you know, where is W going to go with it? Are they going to make a Cruiserweight champion? Are they going to make another division? I think there's a lot of great Cruiserweights coming up. Uh, uh, in this uh, tournament. But the real wrestling fan that's been following wrestling for years knows that the newer fans, I don't think they really care. But I care <sighs> because I think there's a lot of great talent there.
1: Cool, yeah. I think it's going to be interesting. It should be, you know, again, cautiously optimistic, but uh, intriguing to see what they do with that. Brian, thanks for giving us a call. I'll make sure I remember, like, that's your phone number there. I'll call the right name when I bring you up. And <laughs> uh, I right, look forward to talking guys. again, man.
3: Good talking, guys.
1: Be well, man. Later. Take it easy, brother. And I said that, you know, uh, and it's good to hear that, like, you know, someone like Brian is, is optimistic, uh, the changes that might be coming down the, the road. Um, but getting back to that, that cruiserweight 32 and you kind of said it, Dave, it's, uh, you know, is, is adding a cruiserweight title going to be uh, one too many titles? Um, do they need to add a cruiserweight title? Um, and if they don't add a cruiserweight title, what's the point of this, you know, is the, uh, is the winner, get a contract as the winner. Is it just a ceremony and there's a big trophy, um, you know, where exactly they go with this. And that goes back to this whole, you know, what are the changes, you know, where are they going to go with it? And, you know, is, is there's reason to be op- optimistic, but there's also reason to be cautiously optimistic. I mean, and, and I don't know, I'm curious, you know, when we talk about the cruiserweight 32, your thoughts, Dave, you know, if if not a title is is it just a a trophy um you know where where do they put the final match of the, this tourney um what does the final match mean uh you know again it's something you want to see them do it the right way but if you win this tournament what does it mean you know what i mean mean let me see yeah, everyone no, drink I every time i say mean
2: <laughs> i get what you're saying um and I'm, and I'm kind of, I'm not kind of, I'm on the same page with you there because there really hasn't been any, like, rules or guidelines as to what this is. What I do know is that it's a series that's, that's going to be exclusive to the WWE Network. Um, matches have been taped, um, chronicling, you know, these 32 individuals. Um, I believe it will eventually turn into some kind of tournament. Um, I don't know if there's a trophy or if it leads to the return of the Cruiserweight Championship. Um, I'm not a big fan of adding a cruiserweight division to the main roster. Um, if anything, it would be something that you could extend or add onto NXT because that style of wrestling would fit better, um, on, you know, on NXT's programming. Um, or it could just be its own show and you just see the cruiserweights wrestle on the network. And that's all you see is cruiserweight wrestling. Um, I mean it's very possible, but you know, we're talking about oversaturation. There's rumors that they would add that the that they might be adding a second world title to the main roster to um balance out, you know, the world champions on you know, Raw and SmackDown. And another rumor that I had just heard, it was actually I wouldn't say confirmed, but um there was an interview recently with uh Jerry the King Lawler where he said that there would be two monthly pay per views Slash network specials, one for Raw and one for SmackDown each month with the exception of Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and Survivor Series, which means you would have over 20 pay-per-views on a pay-per-view calendar um, each, you know, for, for the entire year. And to me, that's oversaturation. I don't really care for that at all. I think that's way too much. Um, I, if anything, If they want to do brand-exclusive pay-per-views, you divvy up you know uh, the, the 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 pay-per-views to to run SmackDown and then let them combine the pay-per-views for the big four like R- Rumble, Mania, Survivor Series and SummerSlam. But just that's way too much in my opinion. I I I think that's that's overdoing it. I mean, they could get away with it though because we're not in a pay-per-view era anymore where um people are paying their hard-earned dollars for, you know, 59.99 to watch a wrestling pay-per-view, especially WWE because of the advent of the network. And I think it would work in WWE's favor from a marketing standpoint, adding more bang for your buck live specials by doing two monthly specials, one for raw and one for SmackDown each month on the, on the network's regular programming. So, um, but I'm not a fan of it personally. So, um, that's the one thing about this brand extension and even about the cruiserweight classic, Um, if this becomes a regular thing is oversaturating the brand Um, way too much stuff, you know, not too many champions. We don't need that many pay-per-views and, and, and and too many guys on the roster then getting lost in the shuffle. That's my main concern about all of this is oversaturation.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I hate, I hate, hate the idea of a second pay-per-view a month. Uh, I, I really just don't like it. Um, if you want to do something like you, you know they've had those those network specials, uh, if you want to give me um, an hour long special maybe on a Friday night on the network uh, that's either you know Raw or SmackDown centric, um, I fine. Um, I I despise the idea. Uh, you know it's one of those things where like and look we're big wrestling fans here, I get it and and we do the show and. You know, it's like you try to watch like everything you can and it just gets to a point where like, Jesus Christ, like I, I have a job, you know, <laughs> I, I, I do other things in my life. Uh, you know, I, yeah. I, I have people I want to hang out with, people I want to see. And when you talk about like in doing this show, uh, you know, a pay-per-view with, with the pre-show. So you're talking... Uh, you know three plus hours so now you're going to give us another one so seven hours of of pay-per-views in a given month in addition to your three-hour raws and your two-hour smackdowns each and every week it's like holy cow like how how much of this can you watch it just kind of it it gets to a point like all right this is too much like I'm gonna have to pick and choose uh you know what programs I'm gonna watch because I can't watch all of them and I'm not gonna you know, be at a point where I'm sacrificing now two Sunday nights a month um, to, to watch it. And I think the, the problem with it also is that it sets up a bad dynamic because I remember, and this is where the brand extension, they got to do it right. And I know we keep saying that, but you have to do it right. Everyone's excited. Oh, great! they're going back to the brand extension. Woo! There was stuff with the brand extension that sucked previously. And when, when the brand extension evolved over time, and we all know that Monday Night Raw is the flagship show and SmackDown is the B show. Everyone's aware of that. That's never going to change. However, you don't necessarily have to just make it so obvious that one show is A and one show is B. And, and I remember Paul Heyman saying that when he was running SmackDown, that he wanted SmackDown to rival Monday Night Raw and that's what you need but once like the the dynamic started to evolve where it was clear it, it was abundantly clear that smackdown was the beast show that the world title was nowhere close to being even with the WWE title as that evolved and you had pay-per-views that were centered on, on either brand i, I didn't want to bother watching smackdown stuff and, and so you you kind of run that risk and i and i just think that you know Do your one pay-per-view a month. Like you said, Dave, either do it where, you know, you're alternating months outside of the the big four where, you know, one month's a SmackDown pay-per-view, one one month's a a Raw pay-per-view. Or, for God's sakes, every pay-per-view, the whole roster's competing. I mean, you can do that because you're doing that now, essentially. So it doesn't necessarily – you don't have to overthink things and say, all right, now we need – we have two separate shows. Now we need two separate pay per views every month. It, it'll just, to me, it'll just get a little bit silly. Um, so when, when I heard that this weekend, and I'm glad you brought it up, Dave, I, I was really just like, oh, no. And I, I got to a point where I was thinking, all right, you know, even with this show, like, are we going to be doing two pre shows a month? How are we going to address it? And if, if we still only stick with one Sunday a month, like which pay-per-view are we going to choose to do the pregame for? It just all this stuff. I just – I don't like it at all. It's it's just a bit much. Um, to me, And it's also like doing too many changes at one time. Do the brand extension. Get the shows working correctly. Um, you know, if a year from now things are running so well that you want to try the two pay-per-views a month, all right, maybe then. But now it's just – to me, it's just too much. I, I, just, I, I could sit here probably for an hour and just talk about how much I don't want two pay per views a month. Uh, it, it just gets to be too much to, to watch as, as a wrestling fan, even if, and, and doing the show. And admittedly, I don't watch enough, but to try to get bits and pieces, at least figure out what's going on on TNA, get an idea of what's going on on ROH, you got to hit like, you know, some, watch some NXT, you're watching Raw, you're watching SmackDown. Now you're going to have to watch two pay-per-views a month. It, it just gets, you know, it just gets crazy, Dave. It's a lot.
2: Yeah, don't get me wrong. It's a lot. I mean, I'll be perfectly honest with you. You know, I have Ring of Honor and Impact on my DVR list, and I can't remember the last time I've watched either of those shows, you know, and, and not saying that Ring of Honor is a terrible show because there's some great wrestlers on that program. But, I mean, our our listeners, our callers, Um, they don't exactly bang down the door saying, we want you to talk about impact wrestling or ring of honor. So we talk about what is is going on in the news and WWE saturates uh, our, 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 our wrestling news, you know, fortunately for some and unfortunately for others, um, you know, a a possible, um, solution to this pay-per-view with the brands Um, instead of having the big four, you can turn it into the big five or even the big six. Um, you know, for instance, you would you would do, you know, dual branded pay-per-views would be Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam and Survivor Series. I would add Night of Champions as one and then I would add Money in the Bank as the other um, because those are two pretty, you know, or at least Money in the Bank is a pretty important event standpoint of, you know, you're, you're, you're building a new champion or a new superstar and big opportunity so you can kind of make it a dual branded show. And of course, Night of Champions, only the championship titles would be defended on that that show, so you could make those dual-branded shows, spread those out, but then you take the other shows, so there's six right there, that's six pay-per-views, then you have the other six pay-per-views, and you can give Raw three of its own exclusive pay-per-views, and SmackDown three of its own exclusive pay-per-views, and spread them out however you may, and you would be able to kind of give some equality to both brands you know like you said earlier smackdown was and still is the b show but i think that they're now realizing that number one they can't keep that trend going making it the b show i think that's why they they are now going to go live on tuesdays with smackdown and the fact that they're having a brand extension itself Um, they've talked about distinct rosters and if usa is behind them going live Tuesday night, and WWE is going to spend the money to go live Tuesday night. Then definitely, I think SmackDown is they're at least going to attempt to put it on par with Raw. Um, so, like we said, and we've been saying it for the past, you know, now we're going to be the second week on the sh- on the show. They have to do it right in order for it to be legitimate, in order for people to buy into it. And like I've said before, if they, they they can't go into panic mode if the ratings slip or if, if ticket sales are down because you know for whatever reason and then decide well we're gonna put we're gonna switch this guy and put him on that show now just to pop a rating or to you know boost ticket sales in a certain town or whatever they can't do that because it's it's a process I think it's an investment it's a long term investment for the future of the company with this brand extension going forward and they can't just fold when something doesn't go their way right away. So hopefully they quote unquote do it right.
1: Yeah. It's just, you know, again, there's so many moving parts and I think adding that whole dynamic of, yeah, now we'll do an extra pay-per-view month. It's, it might wind up being too much too soon. And again, being a fan, you're optimistic with, with some of these changes coming down the pike, but you know, like when I heard that, it's like, "Ah," you know, like I was excited about the changes, but uh, no, I don't, don't go there. So, You know, it remains to be seen. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. Let's go back out to the phones because we got Rocky on the line. Rocky, how you doing this evening?
0: Doing good, guys. What's going on?
1: Not much. We uh, we've been all over the place tonight, uh, talking about the brand extension, talking a little bit about Money in the Bank. What you got for us tonight?
0: Yeah, yeah. I've been listening. uh, uh, I've been listening about the brand extension and. And I got to say, I'm definitely on board with not wild about it. And I know I I listened, I listened into the show a little bit late, so I don't know if maybe you covered it, but I'm just going to throw this out there. You know, another weakness that this kind of gives WWE, if they want to go this, we're going to do a a pay-per-view every two week route. You know, one thing we've talked about, we've talked about before you know, sometimes the build-ups for these pay-per-views are just not up to snuff. They they don't garner enough interest. Now, if you're telling me that in a month you can't garner some interest in a pay-per-view, that you're definitely going to pull it off in two weeks? You know, the, the, the it just inherently weakens your storytelling ability, or at least you have to start having some you know, A-plus, A-plus, A-plus storytellers trying to tell a story in a very protracted amount of time.
1: You know, that, that I mean, kudos, gold star for Rocky's call tonight because we didn't bring that up, and that is really an excellent point. And, you know, you, you bring up that, the point is that, you know, if we're critical of anything, you're right, over the past year, years, uh, we've been very critical of the storytelling and the building towards pay-per-views, and now you're going to have these these months where you're going to have, you know, storylines kind of being, you know, heading towards one pay-per-view. You know, the the Raw pay-per-view is coming up in two weeks, so you got to make sure you concentrate on Raw because the stories are all going to be concentrating on that pay-per-view, and then the SmackDown pay-per-view will be after that one, and then you got to pay attention to it just when when you're not when you're not secure with the writing and where it's been it does add a huge wrench in the works where now you're going to have to build towards two pay-per-views in a month I, rocky it is an excellent point we did not hit on that but it really is when you look at two pay-per-views and like i had said you know don't you know you got to walk before you can run you know let's see where this brand extension goes You're adding a new aspect to these writers that we've been critical about. We've been very critical about the writing and the storytelling in this company and the build towards pay per views You're adding a wrench with the brand extension. You're telling the writers now, all right, we're we're going in a different direction. We need you to write a different way to throw another wrench in the works and say, Oh, and by the way, we need you to build to two pay-per-views a month. It's an excellent point. It's an excellent point. And, and again, as a fan and what we've seen, you're right, Rocky. They have not given us cause to be optimistic that the writers will be able to handle that. Uh, Dave, I want your take on this. I think it's an excellent point from Rocky. You know, Can the writers build towards two pay-per-views in a given month?
2: No, they can't, and it's a great point that you make. I mean, I think it's overload. It's overwhelming for themselves. Unless, they, um, unless they're branching out with the writers and – you know, there's going to be a distinct writing team for Raw and a distinct writing team for SmackDown. I mean, that's what it used to be before. Um, I don't know if that's the plan going forward uh, now with this upcoming brand extension, but I would guess if they were to go that route, if they were to do two pay-per-views or network specials in the same month, there would have to be two different writing teams because how can one big writing team fully focus and concentrate on, Trying to put out not only weekly television, two, you know five hours of weekly television, but also seven hours of a pay per view, um, you know a month with two different shows. It would it would I wouldn't say it would be impossible, but you would definitely see some 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 you know some some chinks in the armor in my opinion if they were to go that route. So I don't think it's a great idea to, to, to go the, the 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 two monthly specials pay per views, whatever you want to call them, a month and i think it would definitely be overwhelming and overload for the if there were just to be one whole riding team
0: yeah no it's it really it strikes me as a really you know what the heck are they doing type of move and you know at trying to be ever ever the optimist and trying to see some silver lining in this and really, it's not much of a silver lining, considering that the argument could have been given when they decided to uh, extend Raw from two to three hours. And really, we I think we can all agree that that didn't really work out so well. But the the only possible, and this is a remote possibility, upside to, as, as Dave put it very well, oversaturation of this, it, you could only think – that due to that, you would have to introduce you know, ele- you know, facets of wrestling that we have not seen in a while. You'd have to introduce hardcore. You'd have to push lucha more. You- you already start- you're already pushing the women, but you- you- it would give you an opportunity to really expand and re- have something for everyone. That being said, do I think that will happen? Absolutely not. Uh, you know, but again, trying, trying very hard to see some sort of silver lining in, in the plan that, as far as we as fans can see.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the problem is that it's just, you know, they're putting the cart before the horse. Like, get, get one thing done at a time. Like I said, if, if, if they go to the brand extension, and it's it's upping. You know, they have the draft. They go to the brand extension, and it kicks ass. I mean, they really they the writers are on point. They they got things working. Things are going like clockwork. You know, a year from now, maybe start thinking about adding a second pay per view in certain months, or even like what Dave said, having the big six. So there's only you know there's less months that you're having two pay per views, but. You know, let it evolve. Let it breathe. Let let the writers kind of, all right, you know, we have two separate brands that we're writing for, but the brands will come together during the pay-per-view. So, you know, we have that bill to, to write for. Again, if they knock it out of the park, maybe then, hey, you know, a year from now, it's like, oh, WWE is better than it's been in a decade. It's unbelievable. SmackDown is great. It rivals Raw sometimes, blah, blah, blah. All right, maybe that's the time to say, Let's let's look at adding some some pay-per-views in certain months. But now it's not the time. Let one thing happen at a time. Let it breathe. Let the brand extension happen um, and then see where it goes. Uh, You know, it is uh, again, I I can't say enough. I think it's an excellent point that you're going to put on the writers um, build towards two pay-per-views in a given month. It just uh, I don't know. I just don't know. It doesn't, it's not cause for optimism. Rocky, good point. Thanks for the call. I will talk to you next week, brother. All right. Take care guys. Take it easy. Yeah. You know, I didn't even think of that Dave. but a really great point by rock, um, you know, looking at the writing team and, and, you know, even if they, they have exclusive writers, just, uh, short builds, two pay-per-views. Um, I don't know. I I just don't think it's, it's a smart idea for the company to, uh, yet another reason why that's not a smart idea, but, um as we get close we got a uh, about seven minutes left in the show and thank you to our callers for calling in and uh you know expounding on some some wisdom but uh you know we got to get you set for monday night raw and uh you know tonight on raw um you know the pay-per-view is shaping up to be uh a decent pay-per-view we got some some good matches i like the fact that finally titus O'Neil back uh in the fold uh You know, going for that U.S. title. I like what Rusev is bringing to the table again. Like, finally, Rusev is looking good. Pay-per-view is shaping up. Um, You know, on on WWE.com, we got, uh, you know, John Cena. Have to keep his head on a swivel because the club, the club is after him. Um, Interesting stuff. I mean, again, the pay-per-view is shaping up. Uh, You know, there's cause for, again, optimism um, with Monday Night Raw tonight. but. Uh, we'll see what happens. Anything that you really want to see? I mean, we got the go-home show for the pay-per-view. What are you looking forward to tonight on Monday Night Raw?
2: I am looking forward to the Ambrose Asylum because they wouldn't put the three of them together if they don't have something potentially planned for them in the future, whether it be SummerSlam or WrestleMania. Um, So I'm kind of interested in that. Um, And I, 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 I... I wasn't 100% like over the moon for the AJ Styles Cena segment last week. And not just because of the Roman Reigns remark, but um, you know, Cena and AJ, the back and forth between the two of them, to me, AJ felt like just another regular guy going up against John Cena um, in that segment. And he just, he didn't seem to me like, it didn't seem organic or special like it did the week before when they had that you know, interaction, when the crowd was going back and forth, and even the assault with him and the club, that felt very fresh and exciting. Last week just felt like a regular you know, verbal confrontation between AJ and Cena, and AJ just seemed like everybody else that's been going up against John Cena, at least out of that verbal exchange. Hopefully, whatever confrontation the two of them have tonight, um, that it's different. But I am excited for the match. I I am really looking forward to seeing what the two of these guys are going to put together in the ring Sunday at the pay-per-view. And to me, I'll go on record as saying it, it's going to be the match of the night. It's going to steal the show. John Cena and AJ Styles, hands
1: down. Yeah, but you know, it's only because AJ Styles is in the ring. He has to carry Cena.
2: (laughs) It's got nothing to do with John Cena whatsoever. No.
1: God. He sucks. He sucks, man. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, roughly only got five him, <laughs> um, I agree with you though. I think that you know it's a good point. Aside from uh, you know we hit on with the rain stuff, uh, that it was just another guy going after John Cena. Um, but I, I am optimistic too. I think there uh, it's going to be a very good match come Sunday. Um, but I am you know again cautious optimism. I guess is the uh, the the phrase of the day. Um, but the Ambrose Asylum. Um, you know, with the history of these guys, uh, you know, it's, it's not that long ago. But, you know, as fans, you have this nostalgic feel uh, for the Shield. Uh, getting the three of them in the ring together, uh, you know, it's at least you're hoping for something special. Um, you know, not something historic. I mean, let's not, you know, engage in hyperbole here. But you're you're thinking it's going to be something special, and I just – I'm hoping they deliver Uh, because it's something, especially when it's a go-home show, you're hoping that they deliver on the asylum and they give us at least something special because, to Rocky's point, with the writing, uh, the builds for pay-per-views haven't been great over the past year. So this is something, the way things are setting up – You know, Ambrose in in the Money in the Bank match, uh, Reigns and Rollins going after the richest prize in all of sports entertainment. Um, You know, all three guys, prominent roles in the pay-per-view coming up. All three guys have history uh, and all three guys in the ring tonight for the Ambrose Asylum. You know, I just hope that segment delivers. I think it will. Um, But again, with with some of the WWE writing, uh, you know, you got to have the cautious optimism. Uh, One of the things that I I kind of mentioned it, and I'm curious your thoughts on the program with about two minutes left. um, I'm enjoying, again, you know, you you like, there's certain positives you got to, you know, hold on to. And as we talked about Bobby Roode before, you know, that whole idea of someone locking down the mid card and and a strong mid card program, I'm enjoying the the Titus O'Neil Rusev thing. I think it's a good, solid mid card feud. Uh, two, like, big, hard-hitting guys. Um, you know, it, it's not like – it's not Shakespeare, and they're not like, you know, reinventing the wheel, but I'm enjoying it. I think it's a, a good, simple storyline that, to me, Dave, maybe not steal the show on on Sunday night, but I think we're going to get a nice, hard-hitting, physical bout come Sunday night. I
2: think it will be a very physical bout, but I disagree with you. I'm not a big fan of this rivalry. The only reason why is because – um you know, Rusev came, you know, got the United States title back and he seems to be, he seemed to be wanting to do something more important with him, giving him another run with this title because it worked out well the first time. But, you know, Titus O'Neil comes back and all of a sudden, boom, he just gets a title shot. Like, like, like no big deal. Um, and to me, like, I don't know his character, I wouldn't say it's boring, but like, there's nothing that excites me about watching Titus O'Neil. Like he's, give me a reason to care about his character. You know, I don't think there's really a whole lot of character development with him. It's almost like they just throw him out there and say, all right, here you go. Let's see what happens, you know, and not to knock the guy's in-ring ability. Sure. He's, he's a, uh, you know, a physical individual, but he's a former football player. You would think that he would incorporate some more football into his repertoire. He's just very kind of like, I don't know, plain to me. I, I really, I'm, I'm not a big, I'm not, Sold on this rivalry Or the Titus O'Neill character
1: Interesting And uh, I see what you're saying With the Titus O'Neill character I'm enjoying the, the, uh, the program so far But I can see what you're saying and, and depending on either way they go Like whether Titus wins the belt Or uh, doesn't Where exactly they go with Titus uh, Going forward after this And where do they go at Rousseau um, Remains to be seen Lots of stuff to get into Sunday night As we get set for the pay-per-view you guys, thank you so much. Check us out on Facebook, facebookcom slash the Ken Reedy Show. We'll have a Raw chat up momentarily where you discuss Raw as we're watching it. Uh, thank you all, the callers that called in. Great stuff tonight. Again, we top of the show. Thoughts out to uh, Orlando. We're right there with you in spirit. For Dave, I'm Ken. Good night, everybody.